Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 60 of an interview podcast with On The Ball Team Building. Before going any further, we'd like to give a big shout out to GRG Sports and Vintry Harbour Ask Management for the continued support. We really appreciate it guys. This week we're delighted to be joined by current Dublin Camogie star and business owner Ali Toomey. The Luke and Sarsfields woman won an All-Ireland failed title with her club in 2008 and was brought into the Dublin senior Camogie side at the age of 16 and has been a prominent figure ever since. Between dealing with injury, moving job during COVID, setting up her own business and looking forward to the forthcoming season under stewardship of Donny Fox and Adrian O'Sullivan, there is no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring her on. Hi Ali, welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are you keeping? I'm all good, thanks. How are you? We're all good now. Unfortunately, the weather isn't isn't too good, but I believe you were in Kerry a um, couple, of, couple of days ago. How was your time down here? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, we have a mobile home down there, so I've been going down there uh, every summer since as long as I can remember. So um, I always try to get down for a few days when I can. So obviously with COVID, that's like the new, like, Marbella. I'm trying to make the most of it. Um, yeah, especially because I can't fly anywhere. So I've been down a good bit the last year or so. But every time I go down, it just... It's always as good as the last time. It always gets better. Yeah, you were saying off air there that um, you have a strong love for the county and that you uh, would have, you know, developed your skills for Camogie in uh, in Kerry. <laughs> but is, do you want to say that live on air here now? Or, or? <laughs> I wouldn't say a love for the county. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, no. When actually, be fair though, all the when we were um, younger, all the Kerry and Dublin matches, like when they were such rivals, and we'd always be down there. We were down there when Kerry used to win the game, so it, was, <laughs> it wasn't great back then. But um, yeah, no, I would have actually developed most of my skills in Kerry because I was down there for more or less the whole summer. So it was just all I used to do was just play Kamogi on the beach every day or out um, on the green. So with my brothers and my cousins, so it's just I say I probably did get. Most of my skills in Kerry. <laughs> found, you found that hard enough not to, to admit there, didn't you? I know, it's not really a hurting county either. So, <laughs> Look, we, we'll bring it back to, um, to you know, March 2020. Um, you know, I suppose everyone were on this kind of hamster wheel. The economy was going well. Um, we were extremely busy as individuals and as teams. How, how was that period... Um, maybe the first six weeks of of COVID, I suppose the first six weeks of the, the first lockdown um, for you. <laughs> how, how the first what lockdown are we on now? Fifth or sixth? Yeah, by, by, <laughs> by the time this episode goes out, it might be another lockdown or third or fourth lockdown. But um, how did you deal with that? You know, because everything was going very quickly and didn't have the sudden stop. Did you find a bit of therapeutic in a way for a while? Yeah, I actually did. Well, for in terms of camogie and sport, 
I was just coming back from injury. So I literally trained um once, like on the Wednesday. We had a match on the Saturday and then lockdown happened. So for me, I feel like I was training on my own all the time anyway um, with injuries. So I feel like I wasn't really in that team environment much to, to miss it as such. So I feel like that was nearly kind of a blessing in disguise because I think it would have been a much bigger shock to me if if I had been training with the girls the whole time since November, December. Um, in terms of work then, I was kind of thrown in the deep end because I had started a new role um, about five or six months previous and I was still being trained in and obviously there's a lot of people laid off but I luckily got to keep my job and I was kind of thrown into a new role. It was a bit of health and safety but they had made like this kind of COVID response team and obviously no one knew how to respond to COVID or anything to do with it or what was going to be thrown at us because it had never happened before. So um, yeah, I was busy every day. I was working really long days and I was kept busy and I was lucky that I was still in the office as well. So yeah, for me, I probably got busier with work and less busy with sports. So it was just something different and I was kept occupied and then I had my own training to keep me going as well. So yeah, I have to say I did, I really kind of enjoyed it in a weird way. Um, I enjoyed a different kind of way of life. Um, and I think as well, it was very, it could have been easy to, to just be negative about the whole thing. And I know a lot of people found it very tough, but I also think if you, if you can just kind of be positive about different situations and try flip situations on their head, turn it into a positive if you can. And that's kind of what I tried to do for the whole pandemic. You you mentioned there and something I'd like to delve into, um, but we, we might touch on it later on. You know, you you had a couple of things going on. But before we, we go to that, um, you know, would COVID have forced you to put things into perspective or were you always that type of person that you were you're you're grateful for what, to be to position your in and to represent Dublin um n- you know not saying that in a bad way but the fact that COVID you know happened kind of forced us all to take you know realize what's important in life if you know what I'm, I'm trying to ask yeah so I actually I probably would have taken a lot for granted I, I was always I'd always be quite a positive person um in ways and like quite optimistic and I try make the best out of bad situations but I probably wasn't grateful like I appreciate a lot more now like you know family friends health different things like that sport like I feel so lucky that I can play sport um at all so yeah in terms of like general life um I probably would have always looked for the positives anyway but I also COVID forced me to see what's really important yeah no definitely I think we're all Thankfully, I suppose that's one benefit as a you know as a as a country. Hopefully, that we we do realize what's more important um, in yeah. life. You know, it's kind of family, friends, and and things like that. You also changed your career. Um, it's kind of probably a massive statement to come out with, but during COVID, do you want to kind of just delve into that and what was the thought process around it? um so yeah I was in health and safety I think what so what happened was um I moved into health and safety about six months before COVID happened and I was being trained up so I was doing my diploma and I think I did that and when I did that I was kind of like okay now what because I had that as well going on during COVID for the first couple of months 
And when I finished that, I was like, I kind of was like, okay, what am I going to do to fill that kind of void? What am I going to do to fill that time? And I always wanted to do work in fitness. I It was probably something I wanted to do when I left school, but I just kind of thought, I don't know, I thought back then, I was like, oh, I don't have a six pack, no, I'm going to take them serious. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what people sometimes think. So I was like, oh no, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I didn't do it. And it's always something I've been interested in, always something I wanted to do. So um, yeah, I just ended up, when I finished the health and safety um, diploma, I just signed up for the personal training course straight away. Did that, absolutely loved it. And then during the lockdown the kind of Christmas time lockdown I started doing the lockdown just before Christmas sorry I started doing free um online classes with the different teams with my own team like Camogie and ladies football teams my club I was doing with the Dublin under 16 Camogie team as well and just seeing how they went you know it was kind of more experience for me and then they went well so I started doing the online classes in January and they're still going now and I think because they were going so well and I was enjoying them so much. I I really, really wanted to leave my job and I really wanted to, to do that full time. But I kind of thought it was something like, it's like, okay, in the next year or two, I'd like to do this full time. But what actually made me leave the job was my review with my manager. And he was like, oh, so where do you see yourself in two years? Like to see yourself in health and safety or do you see yourself in like, you know, a HR role or another role in the company that you could try out? And it was then that I was like, oh my god like I don't see myself anywhere here like any in any kind of office job I was like the only place I see myself is doing personal training and fitness so I was like you know what what am I waiting for like what's the point of waiting if you don't try you don't know and I was like what's the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out and I can just get another job like it's not as if I had nothing to fall back on and to be fair like everyone in my family that were so supportive as well so I kind of knew I had their support and I was like, yeah. So I just handed him my notice then, like the next day. <laughs> and I just kind of went for it. Like I had no real plan. I still don't, still winging it. But I just know, like I'm doing what I love. And I think when you're, when something is draining your energy and I think I, I start to get the Sunday fear and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And I think when you start having that, like there's no job worth that. Like you have to find what you love doing and then just do that and make it work. And that's what I just decided to do. So that's what I'm trying. <laughs> and yeah, sorry. So that's a very long way of saying that's why I left my job during the pandemic. That's brilliant. That's um, that's very, very interesting. And you, you touched on a few points there. And and one thing I think that everybody can relate to um, is that Sunday fear. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, that's a sign. Not that, anymore. <laughs> not anymore, but that's a sign that we're in, you know, we're in jobs that perhaps we were led to believe we should be in and we should be going down that route but um you know i think if you're doing what you love you won't have that sunday fear because you'll be working at whatever even during the weekends um and that's you know thankfully i was the exact same with on the ball team building um unfortunately covid kicked that in the in the bus for a while but uh yeah no i thought i totally understand where you're coming from um you you touched on something else well there ali i'd like to just to delve into because i think it's important um you said you were kind of afraid to to delve into you know becoming an entrepreneur and going down that route because of the perception you know of other people would that be because of I would say Love Island, but that Love Island is more of a recent thing, but Geordie Shore and, and all that kind of social media 
yeah negativity because yeah, I think that's so probably stopping been, a lot of people yeah I think it would um so even still I'm still like oh god like do you know what I mean when you see people on Instagram like I think everyone does and everyone's like comparing themselves to people but this would have been back when I finished school like way too long ago now like oh god I'm feeling so old but yeah when I you know when you're doing your CIO and stuff so it's like going back that far I think back then it was it wasn't even it wasn't like about fitness as such you know now I think people are really fit and you know it's like people want to be strong and people want to be fit but I think back then even like six seven eight years ago people just wanted to be skinny Mm. and you know the kind of fitness wasn't really thing it was like more kind of cardio and things like that and just how how thin can you look or how small can you get your waist rather than actually building muscle and being strong but so I think it that has changed a lot in the last few years but yeah back then when I was doing like my CIO and things like that and like you're so young as well that was definitely what held me back but I remember having a conversation in the kitchen with my dad and my dad was like oh I think you'd be really good at that and I was like oh god nobody would take me serious like I couldn't do that like oh my god and I also thought because I wasn't the fittest person I say on the team I was like oh god no I'm not the fittest on the team like no one would take me serious that kind of thing so yeah I think as you get older you start to kind of not really care what people think and that's probably the best thing that you can do but yeah so that's why when I was younger it kind of did hold me back and social media probably plays such a big part in it and like it's it's good for some things but it can be so nasty and so bad as well in other ways so um, yeah, it has social media has its strengths and weaknesses, but yeah, that kind of the perception that people have probably is holding a lot of people back. No, and it, it's um, it's great to you that you took that leap and you know put yourself out there because you know a lot of people will hide behind social media and they'll hide behind and commenting to each other about a certain person or a certain you know because when you put yourself above the water, you're you know you're you're putting yourself out there to be um, hit down or struck down by, by other people. Um, so yeah. no, it's, it's great as yourself, especially during, during COVID to, to take that leap. Look, we'll, we'll delve on a small bit more. Um, what Looking back, no, I know you're still probably in the early stages of everything. What has been the biggest challenge to date setting up the business? Um, it's probably just managing my time. Like, because... I'm kind of managing my own time. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing classes for, um, I'm doing class for two different places, like one gym and one outdoor, um, it's outdoor fitness group. So I am doing them. So it's fine. Like when I'm with them, but I find then when I have my own time, I, I struggle to, to plan for myself, which I thought I'd be really good at because when I was in work in my old job, I was very good at managing my time, but I, because I think I had someone to answer to when I had to have things done by a certain time, but now it's like, me I'm like oh I don't really feel like doing that or oh I hate doing that so I won't do that you know that kind of thing and it nearly takes you like a week to do something that could take you two hours but things like that um I'm probably finding the toughest but I'm still finding my feet like it's only been a couple of weeks so uh, I'm not worried I know that I'll find my stride and I'm not gonna put too much pressure on myself for the moment because I still want to enjoy the process yeah no definitely and like there's you know there's um so many people who have are on the similar route as you um and I, what i found the best today even with everything i've done with the business and with you know with the podcast is just reach out to people and you know have a chat with them um because you never know you might pick up that one thing that make the difference you know and yeah. you, 
and it's to be honest you touched on something there is the process enjoying the process it's uh that's important as well because it gets you excited it gets you uh gets the butterflies in your stomach when you're when you're figuring something out and you know it comes to the, the surface then yeah um, exactly yeah, definitely definitely prior to the pandemic how did you find playing intercounty camogie and working full-time you know how did you balance your time I suppose you kind of touched on that already, but how would like would you structure your week or would you structure two or three days in advance? Um, to be honest, I don't really know any different. Like it's all I've ever done, really. So if I don't have training or something, if it's the off season, I'll always fill that time with something else. I feel like I if I have like an evening off, I'm like, oh my god, what do you do? Like, what do what do normal people do? Um, so yeah. I don't know any different other than working um, full time and and playing into county. I don't think it's I don't really think it's a struggle. You just make it work and you do have to plan in advance, like things like um, your meals and stuff like that. And is probably the biggest thing that you plan. But other than that, you kind of take it in your stride, you know. I think it was worse before the pandemic because it's so you know like the traffic and that on the roads you'd have to be planning your shifts and work to try and get out a little bit early and things like that so because there was so much traffic but I feel like it's kind of all right now like the traffic hasn't really gone back to what it what it what it used to be so yeah hopefully people keep working from home for another while <laughs> so we can get to training in 20 minutes yeah that, that's the the traffic in Dublin is just outrageous like that oh you could be an hour on the M50 like yeah, and it's all you need in is someone to, to crash and just be held up for a couple of hours. Yeah, um, or just break down. Someone could just be in the hard shoulder, like just sitting there, and everyone's the whole thing goes into havoc. Like, how I could be wrong now, I could have you know, uh, took this up wrong, but you you mentioned there about you know, me, uh, preparing your meals and all that. Would I be right to assume so that you know, as a result of playing with, with Dublin, you don't get means delivered or anything like that that perception is not true is it <laughs> no no we don't um we do this year like in fairness we do get meals after training um two days so that's great and like if there's leftover you like take it for the next day but no we wouldn't get meals delivered so we do our own we eat our own meals and that outside um so yeah that's we haven't got we don't have meals delivered Oh, no okay no that's that's fair enough that's one that'll uh, be handy though because I can't cook so <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, I'd, I'd assume you'd um, you know you'd plan in advance would you would you make a couple of meals to do you for the week like or, or would you just do it every night uh, try to batch cook like batch cook the meat and then I usually just have like the microwave rice you know what I mean if it's chicken and rice or whatever turkey burgers and rice um yeah, it's probably the easiest. I, I I just go for the easy option because when I try to cook, anyone will tell you it's just not good. It's like eating cement. So uh, yeah, batch cook the um the meat and then just add in the rice and the veg, whatever, um, the night before the day of. Yeah, no, that's that's uh... not the most, not very exciting, but. <laughs> No, it's 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 um it's quite interesting because I like I I honestly do think the fact that you represent your county regardless of the code, regardless of the sport, you know, there should be a minimum standard. But I think that's something we'll uh we'll get into in a in a, in a couple of minutes. Before we delve on, because I think it's important for for people who who do you know who would make that leap of faith in setting up their own business. How did the perception of 
running your own business, albeit you're in the early stages, differ from the reality? Um, oh, God, that's a tough one. Um, and did you not really kind of just think about it? You just kind of went to oh, the actually, floor? Yeah, it's really bad. I didn't really think about it. I just did it because, yeah, I was like, if I think about it, that will be dangerous and I won't do it. So I just kind of, yeah, did it. No, look, to be honest, I think I've been lucky to have you know to chat to a lot of business people so far on the podcast and yeah. every single one of them I asked them the question did you do a business plan uh no <laughs> so yeah. they just literally delve into it go and figure it out as you're as you're going That's along figure it out as you go um I actually did have um the WGPA did they had this like kind of um it was kind of like a mentor type of thing. And you got to like have a chat with them about whatever it was that you wanted. And I didn't even go to talk to them about um, the, like setting up my own business or anything like that. Like I had just done my course and a few of the girls were doing it. And they were like, oh, it's really good. It's really helpful. And I was like, oh, shut up. Yeah, I set up the call. Like, do you know what I mean? They're doing it for free. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I think that that helped me so much because it gave me a push. Like, you know, we, we talked about different things and, she found, you know, my passion was fitness. And she was like, oh, so why don't you do this? And why don't you do this? And I was like, oh, because I couldn't do that. But it, like, long story short, she gives you like um, different tasks to do. So it could have been, I don't know, put up a post on Instagram or something silly like that to do by the next call. So that gave you, you, you were being held accountable for things that you probably thought in your head you wanted to do, but you weren't, you didn't have the confidence to do them. So that gave me a huge push um back when I was starting up so say back in November December um and I think I've come a long way since then but I do think the WGPA that support that was there was absolutely huge because I probably wouldn't have taken any jump at all I wouldn't have taken the first step if it wasn't for those chats and those the calls that we had um with WGPA so yeah I did have I did talk to them and they they had offered to help set up like business plan and things like that there was a think something that they had going on at the time but I never ended up going that far I must go back to them and be like <laughs> can I take his back up on that offer but um yeah that support is there for us so that's brilliant that's and cool. I think, yeah yeah no that's really good yeah no that's in fairness that's um that's very good and you know it's great to have that that support network there one thing I found very very interesting I was able to delve back went through the archives of Google um and we I found out that you won a All Ireland Fail a Title in 2008? Yeah. <laughs> Against Mola, was it? Mola Galway. Yeah. Mola Galway, was it? Yeah, no, it's. Um, how did you. Was that kind of your first taste of, of competitive success, really? Because I suppose anything under that is, is kind of more, you know, enjoyment rather than being, you know, competitions. Um, uh-huh. I suppose from the fail on upwards it kind of gets competitive yeah um to be honest our club team we would have been quite competitive I don't know if it was the management we had but we were quite competitive from say under 12 under 13 and we all would have been playing up an age or two as well so we would have played a couple of failures um and I think the fail of the year above us we we won that as well but it was the division two um but with our club we kind of won like every age um we won the one championship so I feel like mm. when I think back to Fela 
I, I feel like it was it felt like a, like a job like it was like this is what we have to do do you know what I mean it wasn't like oh my god I hope we win it was like all right like we have to win um, only Ireland Melon I have now so I'm <laughs> only holding on to that one uh, there's time yes there's time yet don't be really <laughs> yes there's time yes only Ireland I have so far but um, yeah I, I, do, I do I don't really think I think I took success for granted when I was younger because as I said with our club team we were winning with the age above us we were winning with our own age and we were winning all the time and it, like it, there was very competitive matches between ourselves and Vincent's so but um yeah, we always, with our age group anyway, we won so much and even going up to minor. And then just, I think when you get to senior, you realise like, you know, you're in kind of the big bad world and we haven't won anything since we senior. So I think it does, I think I took it all for granted when I was younger. What would you, what would you say, you know, what skills did you learn during that time? Been, that benefits you because I know you kind of said you took it for granted probably wasn't a good thing to do but what skills yeah. do you think did you learn during that stage of your life that has shaped you into the person you are today because I know you I know you played Camogie I think you did horse riding as well um yeah Hospi Gaelic football yeah I did Gaelic football for a while um yeah I did, I did a few different things so what skills would you have learned what skills do you think you learned during that time, 14, 15, 12, 13, 14, 15, during that time of your life that has benefited you or that has shaped you into the person you are today? Um, probably hard work uh, because our training was hard. And like we used to, yeah, we used to train hard, but we also, the team that was there, it was really good. Like there was great bond in the team. and. Um, yeah, it kind of learned a lot about teamwork and the importance of bonding with your team and, and trust each other and working together and, yeah, working hard. Those experiences, so, um, you know, it has probably benefited you in the in the current environment with the, the Dublin Camogie side, um, which we'll, we'll delve into. But before that, you... Could be wrong, no, but did you make your senior debut in February 2012, nearly 10 years ago? Would that be right? Um, that was that was the league, the Tipperary game, the league. That was the yeah. first match, um, that I started, but I had played this the year previous, but I was uh, I didn't start any games, I just came on as a sub in, in those games in that championship. The, the year previous, but yeah, that Tipperary game that was the first match that I started. Twenty fours after playing the minor level. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, obviously recovery wasn't the thing back then. Like you know, <laughs> no, but you know what? I actually still remember that night because I think it was the most sleep I ever got. <laughs> I went straight to bed after the match. You know, got a phone call off the senior manager to say I was starting the next day, and I was like, all right, okay, like straight to bed. <laughs> I woke up the next day so I feel like probably the best thing because I, I got so much sleep but I also didn't really have too much time to think about it and th- that was an incredible time in your life you know to make your your senior county day de- you know inter-county debut um what age would you been then actually Ali probably 15 16 would you 
16. That must have been amazing. Are, are, do you think it kind of passed you by because you're a bit that, that bit young? Yeah, definitely passed me by because I think, you know, when I see people now and they're like, oh, I want to play double senior and I'm like, oh my God, that's like amazing. Or they want to play senior camogie, but I never really had, I don't think feel like I had the chance to to want to play, if that makes sense. Because I mm-hmm. feel like I thought it was so far down the line for me at that time. I thought it was something when I was 15 or 16, I was like, oh, that's something that like in five or six years that will happen. So I was just kind of, you know, enjoying playing under 16 minor and that. And then I feel like it just kind of happened. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it did definitely pass me by. It just kind of, it definitely just happened. And I remember when I got called up, I think I got called up in like the February, but I didn't actually go until the, the May. Like it was kind of the summertime because I was, I was too afraid. I was like, oh my God, no, like I can't do that. I can't play. And like, you know, the manager was like, no, you can. Like, you're definitely good enough. And I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, mom, tell him I can't. And I could. Do you know what I mean? I just thought that that was something that was just so far down the line for me that when the time came, I kind of, I couldn't believe it. And I feel like, yeah, I just kind of took it in my stride. Then I was like, okay, here I am. And I haven't left since. <laughs> you think, have you enjoyed the process so far? Like looking back now, if you had to give advice to a younger person, right? Yeah, they take they take the opportunity to play with Intercounty at 15, 16. But do you think it's a good thing now that you know you should probably wait till you're over 18? Yeah, definitely. I do. I think I like the idea of um, you know, if there's um teams that bring in players who are that bit younger and bring them in for training matches or something like that if they have the talent and um, to kind of introduce them to the setup and, and let them kind of see the standards that it's going to be but I do think it's definitely better to wait just physically and stuff like even now I think back then it wasn't as bad but I think the game has developed so much and even like the girls that are playing have developed so much the fitness levels and stuff are just so much higher than what they were back then and like the strength that's involved so I think now there there would be a huge difference to when I I went up um there was no kind of strength conditioning when I went up it was just everyone just ran around like so yeah I think now I definitely advise girls to, to wait till they're like probably 18 19 before making the jump how you know you've been there 10 years and you, you've been there nine years yeah 10 years nine or ten years how has women's camogie how has camogie developed um since you went in in with the, you know with the Dublin senior side I know you you mentioned there that you know women are obviously you know they're more um they're obviously more um conditioned due to obviously they're probably on programs from a very young age yeah how has training changed has training changed Oh, training has changed massively. Yeah, like we used to just kind of do drills. Like as when I can remember, we used to do just drills. Um, but now it's just gone so much more professional, and there's so much more around game plans and tactics. There's so much more. Um, there's like video analysis, things like that. Like you work on things that show up, you know, in the video analysis that show up that you need to work on. You'll you'll work on that. Girls are a lot more focused on their individual development as well, like developing whatever it is that they 
that they need to work on, whether it's their strength conditioning, if it's their skills. Um, and I, I think it's just developed so much. Like I think the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, everything has just improved so much since I started. It's it's completely different. COVID, um, COVID-19 obviously you know, brought an incredible amount of stress and strain to people. Um, and I actually spoke to a few um, inter-county, female inter-county footballers and things over the last couple of months since I started this over a year now. Um, yeah. And I was actually surprised to hear from a Dublin perspective, especially with such a, um, a massive um, multinational company back in the, the county um, that, you know, I all bit the sport is still amateur, right? But there should be a standard regardless once you're in to represent your county. Um, you don't get expenses the Camogie side. Yeah, you have to pay for your toll tolls mileage nutrition and gear has been very much hit and miss in 2021 that is totally unacceptable has anything improved since i read those articles oh yeah <laughs> um yeah i have to say this year we got our gear there the other day delighted with it but um we do we get our we do get our meals twice a week and in fairness everything that we could ask for that anything that we need um, in terms of training and, and development, we have it. Um, the, we don't we're, we don't get expenses for going to and from training. And as you said, like we don't get meals delivered or anything like that. But I, I didn't know anyone did. <laughs> I thought people just got meals after training. So yeah, in fairness, it's it it has it has improved so much. But that's probably it's pub been- talk now, so sorry about that. Vote. Yeah, <laughs> counties getting stuff delivered like so. Take no yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, but if it's happening, like we wouldn't mind it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think yeah, it has it has come on. I think there's still a huge huge gap, but I think slowly but surely, when you look at where we were like four or five years ago, and look where we are now, um, I think it is is there has been a huge jump so hopefully it keeps going right in the right direction yeah look at it, it there's no reason why it shouldn't and it should in fairness because um you know nutrition and and tolls and, and expenses and all that like i'm sorry but you know that should be covered um passing yeah. that toll and then 50 and two or three times actually you probably pass it depending where you are you could be passing eight or nine times if you're going to training or if you're going to gyms and all that you know, it, yeah. shouldn't, it shouldn't be costing you that. Obviously, it's costing your time to represent your county, which and you're doing it because of the love of it. But it shouldn't be costing you a huge amount financially. Um, and yeah. that's. I think that's like you do, you do lose girls, and you know, girls have part time jobs or girls that yeah that want to work and things like that. And you know, if you're work, if you're in college, you're working part time and you can't get it off. That is very stressful. Like I was really stressed when I was playing with Dublin. And I had a part-time job and I was in college because you're trying to tell your part-time job like that you can work on a Thursday night from six till 10 and you can work on a Sunday afternoon from like three to five. Do you know what I mean? It's it's very hard and it's hard to earn to earn money. So yeah, that side of it, um, it is it is tough, but um hopefully yeah, it goes, it improves and gets gets better. And during that time you were in college and you're balancing, you know playing with Dublin and and um, balancing a, full, a part-time job 
it must have been you you touched on it there it was stressful but did that stress ever um affect you in such a way that you ended up getting sick or, or affect your mental health uh i was sick a lot like i was sick but i think as well at that time when you're in college like you're not when i know i wasn't um fully aware of like the nutrition side of things and how important sleep was and you know what i mean so i think you do have so much going on and when you're not like i wish i knew now i wish i knew then what i know now um i think it would be completely different and i i i am so envious of the girls who are coming into into county setups now from a young age because the knowledge and you know everything that they have um to learn from from that age is great and like in just like in five six years time where are they going to be they're going to be absolutely amazing if they they have all this information available to them and all this uh tools to help them develop from that age but yeah go back to the question when i was in college i wasn't aware fully of like the nutrition side of things important to sleep all those basic things that i'd be aware of now and then yeah you would be stressed and you're working you know you were playing like we were expected to go to club training as well and train had to go to college training obviously because we were on scholarships so and then obviously you had to go to Dublin training you're working and then you're going to your lectures so it was full on and it was stressful so um yeah thankfully I ended up changing jobs and I got like a nine to five job and that was kind of the making of me then because I was like oh my god how did I last so long in the part-time job but yeah it was tough and I do feel for people who are in the same boat How I would like to delve into a bit more because I, I know it was mentioned in an article recently, but, you know, you're paying about €100 Euro a month on tolls, which I'd say probably would be low water, depending on how regularly you'd be, you'd be passing in 50 to, and, and, yeah, that toll. Um, how, like, it must be costing you a huge amount to play for Dublin. Yeah, it would. Um, it's probably not something that I really think about um yeah i probably try not to think about it but i think camogie sorry and, like sorry I, I probably shouldn't bring it up but anyway. <laughs> yeah rub it in no, yeah, nah. um, no I'm not, i just think it's important to get it out there because i just don't think it's acceptable that you know you have to pay that i think it's absolutely disgrace to be honest but it boils me to think that you know you have to, you're representing your county and, and you have to pay that money it's, it's ridiculous um yeah Sorry, I'm attending there. <laughs> it's all right. No, it is. It is. And it is tough. Um, and it's only when you see, like, I remember it was one of the one of the Dublin lads sent on a picture of like his expenses list. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, you know, he was just like, oh, this is what we get. He's he was from our club years ago at the time. And like he was putting in for petrol and all. He didn't even drive. Like he was saying to me at the time, he didn't even drive. He's putting in for petrol, putting in for new hurdles and everything. And getting this. And uh, I was just like, oh my God, like that's what they get. You know what I mean? That was kind of my first experience of what they what they got. And I was like, we don't get any of that. Um, but yeah, like, as I said, it is getting better, but it's still like, and that's, I know you're talking about the tolls there and stuff, but, I can't imagine the girls who are driving up and down. So it's like, say there's a lot of girls probably living in Dublin from different counties and they're driving up and down, say, to Galway, Kilkenny, I don't know, Waterford, anywhere else in the county that they might be, have to go back for training. And I can't imagine if they're getting paid their expenses. 
So I know, like we talk about, you know, Dublin and that, but like I say, it's across the board. It's all, it's everyone. And yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great now. Hopefully it changes um, soon. Yeah. Even, even if, even if the, you know, that experience was, you know, reduced some bit to, to be a massive help. Um, and yeah. look, I, I don't mean to be putting salt into the wounds now, but it seems we're on the topic. It must be extremely hard to save as well. Um, you know, obviously probably COVID now has helped the whole thing because extra, you know, like going out and things won't be on the cards and um, and stuff like that and concerts and stuff like that won't be on the cards. But it must be hard to save for, it's hard to save for mortgage for everyone, but it must be hard to <laughs> save for, you know, a holiday or a week in the way you know with, with your partner it must be hard to ju- you know especially when that money is is going out the, the door every every couple of days when you're representing dublin so sorry <laughs> no because i'm like i don't say it <laughs> say but it's not really something that i really thought about like i probably should but i kind of just try to focus on the actual playing side of things um rather than getting caught up or worried about all that mm-hmm. uh that kind of stuff um, because I think you'd just drain yourself if you were to get to be thinking about that and giving out about it all the time. Obviously, it does need to change and it's nice to highlight it, but um, we just kind of want to play camogie as well. But um, yeah, it is probably hard to say, if I'd imagine, um, if I was trying to. <laughs> no, it is. I, I can imagine that it is. But look, it's not like... We are lucky enough in Dublin that a lot of us live in Dublin. So it's not like we're traveling 100 kilometers to and from training all the time. Like some girls that are living in Dublin and playing for other counties. So, um, but yeah. And like this year we do get, we got expenses for traveling to games because there was no bus obviously because of COVID. So um, we have got expenses for traveling to those games, which is good. Like that's a step in the right direction as well. So um, because yeah, there was no bus. So obviously we all had to drive ourselves. So that was good that we got our expenses for that. But so that's a good step. So hopefully it just keeps progressing on from there. But no, that is in fairness. No, that's that's a step in, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, last question on this now, and I'll, I'll move on from it then. But okay. do you think a time will come that you'll have to make a decision, you know, when you have to save for something big in your life, um, that it's either safe for that or continue to play with Dublin? You know, you think do you think you have to choose one or the other, or do you think you'll be able to to you know keep both going? Hopefully at that no, stage. Yeah, know. no, I'd never I'd never let I never stop doing like I love playing Kamogi. I'd never stop playing Kamogi because of something that I was trying to say for like to be honest, it's, it hasn't, it's not it's not something that I've thought of yet. Um, and it's not something that's kind of made me think about stopping playing Komogi at all that's yeah of all the things that's probably made me think of it it hasn't been uh hasn't been the money side of things in fairness so um yeah it's it's I don't think I'd have to make a decision based on finances have you ever thought about packing it in because I know I look I the reason I'm asking you know is because I know it's quite difficult at the moment you know with COVID um and then you obviously have you have that struggle in the capital that obviously the the lady footballers are are so dominant and yeah it's probably hard as well to get some girls to commit to the camogie you know if they're playing football as well 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I have definitely thought about packing it in or even just taking a year out. I've thought about it loads of times. Um, more so in the last couple of years, uh, just with all the different changes of management and it's really disheartening. And um, when you're not getting a win either on the pitch, it can just be so disheartening. Um, but yeah, I always end up coming back. I can't seem to can't seem to let go. But yeah, no, I am. And I have to say, like when I never regret going back, but you know, at the end of the season when you haven't won a match and you know, the management getting a new management again and you're just like, Oh my god, we're going into another another year of rebuilding. Like, am I able for this? But yeah, I suppose I, I do, I always go back, but I have thought a lot of times about about giving up, even just for taking a year out and hopefully being asked back then. <laughs> What do you think is the issue with the high turnover of management of management teams? So the issues have been mainly with the county board and, and the management, um, which, yeah, that's, but I think that's all kind of resolved now. I think, and I know there's like been a high tur- turnover, but I think no one knew. So when we got, for I say this is our fourth management, I think fifth management in four fifth years. Is, uh, fifth and fifth in, in four years, yeah. But we didn't know, and the board didn't know, and the management didn't know at the time. Like no one knew that they were going to be gone at the end of the year. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's not something that that was done purposely. It's just the way the way things happened, and it was really unfortunate. And it was just unfortunate there was like disagreements within management teams it seemed there was disagreements like, you know, we're obviously only seeing half of it. We don't really know what was going on between um, the management and whatever, but yeah, between, between everything, um, the management, different managements have been uh, turned over, but I think hopefully this one is here to stay because it's going really well. And I think everyone's really bought into them and it's really enjoying it. It really, um, enjoyable environment to be in so uh, hopefully they stay and hopefully yeah hopefully they're here for the long term but in terms of the turnover it's just disagreements um, and different different problems I suppose and that obviously then whether like you know with the best intention of the team that is going to filter through the team then it's probably hard to keep the girls together keep morale high you know, to keep a bit of commitment if it's not coming from the top. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's probably the biggest issue with Dublin Camogie is the commitment as in, not the commitment when girls are there. When girls are there, everyone gives 100% and no one would, you know, miss training or, or get, give half commitment um, throughout the year. But the problem is getting girls to come back. So there would be like quite a high turnover of players as well. Our players might take a year out or two years out and then come back and, I just feel like we never really have the best 30, 35 players at Dublin um, at the one time. We get them all <laughs> over a period of three to four years, but we have a, a really good bunch this year and I think we have a really strong panel and the management are really, really um, strong as well. They're really good. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can retain all the players now for the next couple of years. And get a bit of success. That's interesting. All the way you said that you know you've had the players, but they just they've been just coming at different times. And again, I suppose that's that's unfortunately down to the culture um, that has been there. But hopefully that 
that will change now going forward. I think you're the right person to ask, what is a bad team culture? I think you've probably seen it over the last couple of years um, in the in the setup and how how can that culture be improved? Um, in your I think opinion, bad, like everyone could be, everyone has a different Yeah, opinion. I think everyone has their own different opinions, but I think that bad culture um, is when everyone doesn't buy into the process and the same. So it, over the last few years, this handful of people you know, buy into the management, handful of people don't. And that's where you start to have friction and that's when people disagree and that's when kind of bitchiness starts. And, you know, if someone's not starting and they blame the management and things like that, I think that's how, how negativity starts to creep in. Um, If everyone isn't on the same page and, and like absolutely everyone doesn't buy into it. So, and it's very hard to, um, to get a good culture and good morale then when, when everyone's not buying in because if someone's not buying into it there, there's not really anything you can do to make them buy in and I think this year it's probably the first time that yeah it's probably the best culture even early days that I've been involved in with a Dublin setup I think you can see it like everyone is, has bought into everything the management has said and everything the management has done um, and everyone has bought into the process as well. And we all understand that it's not going to happen overnight. So I think this year, it just seems like kind of a special group and a special kind of a bond, special culture that's only going to keep getting better. Um, it's definitely one of the best that I've been involved in anyway. So hopefully it continues. And I think it will. But I think, yeah, going back to your question, bad culture is when that doesn't happen. And people, the yeah, negativity starts to creep in. And obviously, I'm I'm led to believe that that could be quite different, and it can be difficult with women because there kind of it can be a lot of bitchiness there as well. Yeah, no, they can, and like I think lads are worse though. To be fair, <laughs> I should <laughs> really I should have worded that a bit different. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, I do. I think um, see the I think the difference is that like lads will just say it to your face, whereas girls will talk about you behind your back, kind of thing. Um, yeah, so. I think, yeah, the last few years, um, people haven't bought in. Not the whole dressing room hasn't bought into the management, and that's that's where the problem lies. And do you think the gap? I know that the top four probably are extremely competitive, five, whatever. Do you think the gap is that wide um, for Dublin to to break into the top four or five in the in the country? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think we've had a bad run of it the last couple of years. Um, like, as you said, five managements in four years, how are you meant to build anything? How are you meant to, like game plans with, with each man, different management, they see different things in different players. They're going to have, like the panels have been completely different, not only the management, but they brought in different people each year. So with that, like it's completely like starting from scratch. And I think, when you're facing against teams that have, have been building for years and they've been playing together for years, it it's a completely different challenge. So I don't think, I think the talent is there um, to, to get in, to break into that, to break into that top four. But um, it's going to take time. It's going to, it's going to be a process. And I think once we all just keep buying into it, we will get there. Yeah, I've actually heard of, I wouldn't know the management team now, but I, I've heard the name Adrian O'Sullivan, and I know he's in charge of UL that time they won the 
Ashburn Cup for a couple of years, four or five of them are in a couple in four or five years. They were very competitive there for for a while. Um, still are yeah. actually, I think. Yeah. Um, heard good things about him in fairness, so hopefully he will he will do you know remarkable things with with you going forward. Um, just out, out of curiosity as well, actually, Ellie, where do you train and what are the facilities like? Uh, we're training in Trinity Sports Grounds in Santry this year. Um, we started off in Grange Gorman and then moved to Trinity with, but that's it's great because we have a base. And I think the last time we had a base for training was when in David Herity's year. Um, and even at that, so we had DCU, but even at that, we didn't have DCU all the time. But like we have Santry all the time now, so it's it's brilliant because we could have. Like last year, the year before, we wouldn't really know where we were training. Like I remember two years ago, we were meant to train it like in Bray or something like that. And at four or five o'clock in the evening, it got tra- changed to Parnells. And like, you know, people had made plans to travel to south side of the M50, you know, in the M50 traffic. And mm. all of a sudden, training was changed to, to Parnells on the north side. So things like that, um, like that's obviously not happening anymore. So it is, it's brilliant. Like, this year, as I said, we can't really ask for anything more. We've got it's improved so much, and we're delighted with it. That's good. That's great. That's great to hear. You know, there's a bit of st- stability there and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's going the right direction. So, Ali, we're coming towards the end of it now. Um, but I, I'd like to kind of get your uh, opinion on, you know, uh, female role models. You know, for for younger players. Um, do you think it's important for you know for them to to have have those female role models out there in the media, um, to look up to and to aspire to you know to be like them when they grow up, rather than just having male real male role models, which was the case for you know in, in our back in our day that was probably yeah. the case. There are very few females out there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's huge. Like. I don't think I didn't actually really know any camogie players even before I went up playing senior like I didn't know any of the double senior camogie team which is really bad but Jesus. like there was no social media that, like really at the time like you know they're not going to get the, the latest news on the Evo like that's what we had <laughs> do you know what I mean so I think <laughs> in terms of that like it, it has it's great like social media is great Instagram, Twitter and like everything you can get everything at the touch of a button like results and fixtures things like that and I think there is so much exposure as well for female athletes on social media and and on the television as well which is great but I think um, it is so important for girls to have female role models and I think the 2020 campaign did a lot of work with that mm-hmm. and I think as well Jackie Hurley has um, a book out Girls Play Too and she has all different like female sports stars in that and like it's great to see um younger girls reading those books and you know they get they have role models now I think there's a second book out I think I've seen that on Instagram as well so that's really good it's positive so it's just getting girls out there and I think that's one of the things that social media is great for is is exposure um and I think female athletes are getting a lot more exposure now I know Orlo Dwyer and Eilish Constantine would have been two names that springs to mind who would have played Camogie at some stage you know they would represent their counties um and they they moved over to to Australia then and joined um AWFL you know Australian Women's Football League side in recent years and they've been doing extremely well is that something that ever crossed your mind or would you have the appetite to to try it 
Yeah, I'd love to try it. I think anybody, anybody that plays sport would love to play professionally. Like they're living the dream when they go over and play the um, AFL for whatever, five, six months. And then they come back and they can still play for their club and their county back in Ireland. You know, they're going over for Australia and somewhere they come home for the Irish summer. But uh, no, I'll just say like they, that's like, it's such a good opportunity. I think absolutely anybody would be mad not to, not to want to do that. I think it's class. I'm not sure how much the Camogie skills transfer over. I think uh, they both play ladies football as well. I think like Orla definitely plays Camogie and ladies football for Tipperary. So she would have those football skills that would transfer over. So I'm not really sure. I don't think I could bring my girl onto the pitch in the AFL. But yeah, I think anyone that plays sport would love to play professionally. Would you ever try, try it? I know you, you kind of said there that you wouldn't be able to bring your heart onto the pitch, but <laughs> you, ne- you never know. You, you know, you could throw yourself in there. And did, did they each constantly play it? I think it could have been I wrong, no. But think she, I think she might have played um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just something that you'd ever explore. Or do you think the fact that you, you you know you haven't been playing football, Gaelic football, rules you out? I would say, like, if the opportunity presents itself, obviously I'd grab with both hands. But I'd say it is more like the football skills would transfer more, um, into it. So I wouldn't be getting my hopes up. But yeah, definitely. I, I as I said, I don't think anyone would turn down the opportunity to go to Australia and play professionally. True, yeah, no, it'd be unbelievable. In fairness, yeah, um, it would be the dream. Yeah, <laughs> what uh, looking back now, and I know we're still in the early stages of it. Um, but what skills do you think has been transferable from sport to business so far? Um, discipline, hard work, um, teamwork, I suppose, probably not in this in this job but um yeah teamwork discipline hard work um communication I suppose and punctuality yes. would definitely be something communication definitely yeah uh I think there's so much like I think you don't realize how much you learn and how many, how much life skills you learn in true sport until you're using them and then you know when you kind of look back and you realize that you got most of those skills from sport I suppose people skills as well because like if you're a part of a team and you're going training all the time with, with people you do learn to talk to people and you learn how to to kind of deal with different personalities as well so that's definitely something you can transfer into any workplace or any job yeah you can yeah deal with people and, and reading people and, and all that I definitely think you know team sports and even individual sports is a uh, is definitely important for people to do, you know, it, yeah. it's character building. Definitely is character building. Yeah. And then obviously you don't, it's not like you always win. Like there is, there's a lot of hardship in sport as well. So, you know, you could work so hard for something and it doesn't go your way. So you kind of have to learn to deal with that. So there are thing, things that you can take into your everyday life as well. What, I, I know you, you touched on a couple of minutes ago about the 2020 campaign. What do you think can be done now to capitalise on, on what was done and the benefits of that 2020 campaign for women in sport? Um, I think people, I think if people keep 
doing what they were doing during the 2020 campaign. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of people that kind of watch women's sport or advertise women's sport um, on social media and television and things like that because of like the campaign is going on. But I think it needs to keep happening. It can't just stop because 2020 the campaign is finished. I think if it, it needs to continue. And I, I think it will because I think, you know, the Kamogi finals are on television and like so many people watch them and they're so enjoyable to watch and like there's more and more ladies football matches on television as well and then even TG Carr showing the the AFL the women's AFL like there over over the last few months or whenever it was like that was big as well because that's just that's that's just more women's sport on the television it's more exposure for those Irish girls that were playing um but I think going back to like the ladies football and Camogie and even like the women's hockey and all the sports and all the, the Irish the athletes, the track and field athletes, like those, you know, like Phil Healy, Nadia Paris, there, Lab and all of them. They're so they're they're everywhere now because they're so successful and they're doing brilliant and they're being exposed, their races are being showed, they're you know, they're on social media. So I think if that continues, it's definitely going in the right direction. So if that just keeps continuing younger girls are going to have great female role models growing up. Definitely. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, what advice would you give to a younger Ali Toomey? Um, but probably to believe in yourself, back yourself, and don't take the success for granted underage. Interesting, very, very interesting. Um, and it's important as well because I suppose people can kind of get, yeah, complacent, maybe carried away. Not saying you did yeah. not, but that, 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 no, know, but that you would get complacent, you know what I mean? You would, and uh, when, when you are winning underage, and you're too young to realize as well, do you know what I mean? When you're, and then, you know, even going up to minor, you're still only 18, you know, you think that you're just going to keep winning for the rest of your life because you've won underage and like that's absolutely not the case so um yeah i definitely think you just need to appreciate appreciate all the success appreciate everything everything you you do win i'm not retiring you know and i have to make this clear to everyone i, I asked this question to because i've said it to a few people before and uh they think i'm retiring them so <laughs> they kind of think when they're a bit older like but uh <laughs> when you do you know when the time does come to step away from from the GA and, and from you know from Camogie from intercounty Camogie, um, would, do you think you'll stay involved at grass at grassroots level or even managerial level, or do you think that will be that chapter closed and you won't? Um, I'd love to get involved with teams um, in strength conditioning. I'd love to be involved in that way, but I don't think I wouldn't like to take on a manager role. Um, and I think I would get involved at grassroots level if, um, you know, I'd, I'd help out when I could. Um, and if, if the club or whatever the county wanted me to, but uh, it's not something that I probably would be, be dying to do. At the moment, anyway, I think maybe it'd be different when I um, finish up and I step away and I start to miss it. I think it might be different, but I think at the moment when um, when I think of you know, getting involved with teams. It's it's not something that really excites me at the minute. 
I, I think it's probably hard to, you know, to even answer that at, at the moment because, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to people before and um, they would say that, you know, when they're in the career, perhaps coming to the late, early 30s, their mindset would have shifted and they would have been thinking about going down that route. But it's quite hard to when you're, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're still between 25 and 30, um, you're still in the prime of your playing career. Um, and you you know you 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 don't want to be thinking down that route because if you're thinking down that route you know you're probably going to be retiring sooner that's it I don't think I'd like I think it's just because I feel like I haven't reached my own potential yet so I don't want I'm not really thinking about um thinking about other teams are getting involved at all what are two non-negotiables for you on a daily basis on a daily basis. I've got but brilliant, absolute brilliant answers for these now before. So <laughs> my non-negotiables, like anything, not to do with sport or just no, it doesn't have to do with sport. No, just anything at all. What would you do on a daily basis? For example, you might get up and you might give someone a text, or you might give someone a call, or you might have, I don't know, a shit, a milkshake, or, or something, something like that. Are you? I got <laughs> got some brilliant answers. Jesus. I actually have so many. I have so much stuff. I'm creature of habit. Like I do the same things all the time. So it's probably a few um, non-negotiables. Probably have a coffee in the morning. I have to have my coffee in the morning. Um, that's definitely a non-negotiable. And what else? Oh, my 10,000 steps. That's, I have to get those in every day. Yeah. I have to get, like, I don't know why I have to get them. <laughs> That's something that every single day I do, yeah. A weird one, I know. Huh? Without fail, like, you always get 10,000 in, do you? Um, yeah. Jesus. I, I do, yeah. You know, if you're coming close to, like, if you didn't have the 10,000 done before, perhaps you, you know, before you were going to bed, would you get up and... Would you make sure you got them in, like? But, but yeah, I used to say, say, I think that it all kind of stemmed from during COVID. You know what I mean? And I set, I kind of set up like a little steps challenge with um, my aunties, my mom, and that just to get them moving more so. But then you're like, I'm the one that's still doing it. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I, I'd have to get the ten thousand. I don't know why. I think it's just, I don't know. Everyone has their little things. I just feel like um, getting out for a walk and things like that, or you know, I'd hate to think if I didn't get my ten thousand steps, I kind of think, Jesus, like, what was I doing sitting around all day? even in terms of just st- staying like loose and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just kind of my little target. And um, yeah, now I try to make sure I like, I aim to get it before lunchtime or whatever, so that I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the day. But I do, I just try, try like to get up and stay active as possible, as active as possible. So yeah, 10,000 steps and coffee is probably my two non-negotiables. I have so many more, so I'll give you those two. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh- who has you know today who has been your toughest opponent um as in a team or a player um either would say would as as a say a play, um a player a player oh go to team so it might be i'm gonna say um megan farrell as a player she's yeah she's absolutely brilliant she's a kilkenny center back so she's class and then as a team, I would probably say Cork. Um, yeah, I'd say Cork. What 
it's a million dollar question, but what's the what does the future hold for you? Any future plans? Um, would you like to continue playing with with Dublin for the next couple of years, or or what's on the like? You're you're not going moving country or anything yet, because just before you saying no one listens to this, so it's grand. You can re- reveal everything you want. <laughs> No, I actually don't know. Um, I've had the itch now for the last probably five years to go abroad or live abroad or move abroad. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that I'm happy with Dublin at the moment anyway for the next years. As long as this management is there, I'd say I'll be there because I think they're building something really, really good. So I want to be part of it. So, uh, yeah, I think I can put off, you know, these different countries. They'll still be there when Komogi's finished. So that's what I tell myself. So, look, Ali, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thanks very much for coming on the Interview Podcast and best luck with everything going forward. Thanks, Jamie, for having me. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Ali. Um, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank Ali for coming on Inside View Podcast and best luck with everything going forward. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you'd like to be part of it or if you'd like to contribute in any way possible. You can email us info at ontheballteambuilding.com. Over on Instagram, you'll find us at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it's on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, it's at we are on the ball two. That's a digit two. You'll also find us on LinkedIn on the ball team building and you'll find us on TikTok on the ball team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on it fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.